I'm seven episodes down into Breaking Bad season two. Oh, shit. As may have been evidenced by my message last night about Walt Jr. (laughs) (laughs) That you thought he was just a pinnacle in storytelling? Just a really delightful, wonderful character that was totally relatable and not at all annoying by his constant breakfast eating. Yeah. He sure knows how to tear up a breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) So, seven episodes into season two? Yeah, I tried to get the whole second season in. Yep. But I remembered that you told me that it sort of does a break thing in the middle where season two, because it's 12 episodes, you can do six and six and they're almost like a season. Oh, that's not themselves. true. You just made that up? That's season five. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, totes. So I really need to watch the whole second season? Oh, nah. Oh, fuck you. We won't talk about it then. Where are you up to? What's uh, happened? I'm up to, I don't know, because I've just hit the start button on this tablet and lost my notes. Uh, I'm up to... Lost my notes would be a good name for your... Autobiography. It would be. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm up to the bit where in the last episode, Skylar's gone to get her job back as a a finance person. Ah, yes. And I've got a funny feeling that she used to bump uglies with the dude who's the boss of the company now because she's been a little bit cagey about it. But he's got this whole, oh, we should go to lunch. Lunch. Like the old days. I actually made a note because I've been making notes while I'm watching this. My last bullet point says, Ted the new boss, is going to aim to shag Skylar on top of Walt's corpse. (laughs) (laughs) I think I saw that on the box set, actually. (laughs) That's in a cut scene. So my feel on him is that he's going to try and put the moves on on her. But I haven't even finished the whole show yet and I'm already thinking about re-watching the first season. Yeah. Because I really like at the start where I'm doing that really long pause (laughs) <laughs> between words again that I know I'm going to have to take out in post because otherwise I sound like a yokel. Screw you, future Justin. <laughs> I like how at the beginning of the credits in the pre-credits scene, in I think all but one of the second season that I've watched so far, they have this really sort of strange mm. pre-credits. So there's one where there's a, a, bunny, a pink bunny floating yep. in a swimming pool and you don't really find, I assume I'm going to find out what that's about later. But there's these sort of really abstract kind of camera shots where it's zoomed right in on something. You go, what the hell is that? And then it pans out and it's something kind of obvious. And so I've really been enjoying actually the pre-credit scenes. Yeah. Oh, this is great. This is great. And then the credits start and I go, oh, there's an actual show that's going to follow this. (laughs) The one that I liked best though was the one that started with the three-minute mariachi band singing the song about Heisenberg. Yeah, that's pretty boss. And it was just random. I didn't really get... Where yeah. it came from or anything like that, but I thought that was really cool. Why not? And the other thing that I've really been enjoying with it, so I think last time that I did this sort of little Breaking Bad review piece, I talked about how I didn't think that they were going to get longevity out of Jesse as a character and I wasn't sure if he was going to last the whole show or not. Mm-hmm. And I've changed my mind a little bit on that because in the second season you start to see where it becomes sort of the kingpin dealer guy and there's the scene where they're in the RV where he dishes it up to Walt and tells him, you know, get fucked, you're the cook. And I'm the, I'm the guy and that sort of thing. And then he, ha- he has the encounter with the two people that flog the money and the ATM gets dropped on the guy's head and he starts <laughs> to get the reputation about him. And yep. I, I really like the scene where Walt goes out and meets the three guys, Badger and the other two guys whose names escape me that are mm. the, the initial dealers for them. And he meets them at the, like the Atomic Museum in Albuquerque, New Mexico. <laughs> and... Badger goes, you know, is it true? Did, did Jesse drop an ATM on someone's head? And he just goes, you didn't hear that from me. <laughs> I, I, I like that. So 
I've I've found a bit more more love for Jesse. Yeah, I think one of the other things that I really like about him is I love that for most of it he still calls him Mister White. Yeah. But then there's this point where he finally snaps at him and he calls him Walt, and you just get this sort of whole oh he's asserted himself now. I sort of dug that. Um, the other thing that I like about it is that it's it's quite educational from a chemistry point of view. <laughs> you know, he talks about <laughs> Walt explains all the stuff that he's doing and. Um, I actually probably learned a bit more in that than I did in high school chemistry, which is... I think something I really enjoyed about Breaking Bad was the science aspect of it, that Walt in some ways triumphs through science. Yeah. I know at the end of season one where he has sort of like that grenade made of pure science, like he throws the crystal on the ground and everything blows up and stuff. Yep. There's a few like fist pump just nerd wins in Breaking Bad where you get to watch it and go, this chemistry teacher who's just a... The speckled poindexter beats the drug dealers just because of his huge chemistry brain. Yeah. There's two bits of that that are sort of points of interest for me. Number one is that he's in these really sort of crazy situations that are just completely chaotic. And he quite often is the voice of reason. He's sort of the grounding in it. You you watch this situation where he's dealing with these drug lords or... It's just the most outlandish thing and he sort of stays believable. I think there's probably credit to Brian Cranston as an actor because the Walter White character kind of grounds it back to reality. He's sort of down to earth and I think that's a really hard thing to pull off when, you know, things are exploding or people are getting shot Mm. or, or stabbed or whatever. I'm really impressed by that. The other thing that has really impressed me with the second season is that you see a lot more of Walt's almost got this Jekyll and Hyde kind Mm. of thing, which I like because Jekyll's you know, a mad scientist as well. But he lies far too easily. Oh, man. You see him when he interacts with Jesse. He switches into being this completely other person um, and you see this very dark side of him that that you don't necessarily see when he's interacting with Skylar or Walt Jr., who I love so much, um, (laughs) or the other characters. And I think that's really interesting. The other thing that you, you see is you start to see Jesse do that a little bit as well. He starts to sort of be these two different people. And I think one of the reasons that I've decided that maybe he's not going to die and he's got a bit more longevity as a character is because you start to see bits of his humanity leak through and that becomes his downfall. Like in the one where he's chasing up the two people that robbed the guy for money Mm -hmm. and he's taking care of the kid and trying to be nice to the kid and that sort of thing. And that's what lands him with a blow to the back of the head. And if he'd just been a ruthless, vengeful, drug lord asshole, he would have got in, shot him, taken the money, got out again. But you see these sort of flashes that inherently he's a good person. And I feel bad for him at the the whole sort of start of this season. He's trying to get his shit together and his parents are throwing him out of the house. And he finally gets a break when Jane lets him rent the house. You sort of really start to get much more of a feeling of here's a guy who just really needs to get a break at this point. Yeah, and he's he's sort of a victim of circumstance. He's got no one to blame but himself for the position that he's got into. But much the same as Walt's trying to do what he's doing to not to get himself out of it, but to sort of make it okay. You sort of feel like Jesse's doing the same thing where he's doing this as a means to an end. And so you get this great parallel between them where they're both in sort of shitty situations, but for very different reasons. And they both have this sort of duality to their personalities where Jesse really kind of wants to be the good guy, whereas Walt sort of is the good guy. But there's this other part of him that you kind of feel like he gets a kick out of being 
yeah. out of Cook and Crystal Meth, which is well, you messed up. I mean, the Heisenberg thing is a really overt example of that thing you're talking about in terms of they really do build a mythology around them to exist in. Like Jesse tries to sort of carry himself as a drug dealer and you never really feel that he carries it off quite that well because, yeah. as you say, he's clearly a good guy who just feels the need to act tough he's like you know what he's like he's like a little kid that dresses up in his dad's suit yeah just doesn't really fit whereas walt the heisenberg thing like it's just a way of sort of pushing all that stuff out of his person yeah he just sort of goes i'm a chemistry teacher he sort of intellectualizes it i can really identify with that in terms of going well i need to be a drug dealer (laughs) um i don't know how to do that so i'll create i'll put this hat on and, and it gives me a license yeah. to... It's pretty much Christian Bale Batman voice, really, but in <laughs> hat and glasses. You see it as sort of a necessary thing in terms of, well, I need to protect my identity and I need to yeah. just find a way to channel the energy in the right place. Yeah. But I think you're right in that once he does it, the first time he takes the hat off, he's like, oh, that's a shame. I was having a really good time. I liked being, being this other guy. This guy. He switches so quickly from being the vulnerable cancer patient to mm. being... When he's... Heisenberg, he's quite ruthless and oh, totally just evil sort of criminal mastermind thing where you almost feel like they are two completely different people. And he comes out and he's like, just handle it. And then sort of the good guy gets the better of him and he goes back and goes, oh, what did you do? What did you do? And Jesse's like, yeah. he's dead. And he's like, what do you mean? I didn't mean for you to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> it's just what I said with my hat on. I'm trying to think of another show that manages that sort of suspensefulness where the whole time you're like, oh God, he's busted this time. Yeah. Oh, he's busted this time. And he always manages to get out of it. And, Mm. you know, sometimes it's completely ludicrous, like when he just rocks up naked in the supermarket. (laughs) Yeah. But other times it's through. So I've just finished the episode where Skylar thanks the ex-colleagues of Waltz for paying for the treatment. Oh, yeah. And he goes out to dinner with the woman and then basically threatens her and tells her what a horrible bitch she is. Yeah. He's quite brutal with her. The other thing that I think it's done for me is in the first episode, the cancer was very much the driving sort of piece of the story. Mm -hmm. Whereas what I've noticed in the second season is that the cancer almost becomes something that's second place. They do enough stuff with the story that you sometimes almost forget that that's his motivation. Mm. And I think that's a really interesting parallel because you feel a little bit like sometimes he forgets that that's his motivation. So where I'm at at the moment, my prediction for it is he's sort of almost ended back at square one. Mm -hmm. What I kind of think is going to happen, my prediction is that he's probably going to make enough money and then he's just going to keep going because I think he actually likes doing it and he's Mm -hmm. going to end up with, you know, he's going to be the big Heisenberg, he's going to be the drug lord champion of the universe. Yeah. So he'll like fulfill his first sort of goalpost of, I just need to set up my family and then be like, fuck it, I'm I'm I'll just do some more and then he's just going to be cruising around handing out the Benjamins left, right and center. (laughs) (laughs) Free black hats for everyone. (laughs) In a, in a previous episode of this, we were talking about me laughing at inappropriate things. Yeah. Hank gets the promotion and goes down a bit further south, I think. Mm-hmm. And then they meet some informant guy and then they're out on patrol and someone's cut the informant dude's head off <laughs> and put it on the back of a turtle. And it was... It was just so random. They go, is that you guy down there? And they go down and you're like, how the hell is this head moving? And then it pans down and there's just 
a turtle yeah. in the middle of the <laughs> desert with a dude's severed head. And what I really like about that is one of the same things that I like about uh, the Thomas Harris book, Silence of the Lambs and Hannibal and, and all that sort of stuff is mm-hmm. you read this stuff and you go, oh my God, this is horrible. There's a guy who's a cannibal, blah, 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 blah. This is the same thing. Oh my God, this is horrible. A dude's head on the back of a turtle. Yeah. Uh, actually, it might be a tortoise. And I'm not going to go on record. <laughs> <laughs> but you go, then you go, oh, well, you know, it's just a TV show. It's make-believe. And then you go, hang on a minute. Somebody actually had to write that, which yeah. means that somebody actually thought of that, <laughs> which means there's some dude out there writing TV shows whose mind wanders on to, imagine if you cut somebody's head off yeah. <laughs> and then you put it on the back of a tortoise <laughs> and then it just looked like the head was just walking along on the horizon by itself. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Mom, the yeah. meatloaf! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, decapitation's not enough. <laughs> no. It's got to be tortoise-related. On the back of some sort of amphibious creature. So after you watched season one, you were talking about how if you're in that position where someone said basically you've got six months to go, that you would yeah. have a bit of a... Bit of a crazy blowout mega party. Skylark around. Yeah, and I think you start you see that from Walt. Like he sort of got into it for really pragmatic reasons. But it is in this whole maelstrom part of his emotional thing is like, well, what the fuck do I have to lose? Yeah. And then when he starts Yeah, when he starts to get a bit of success and he's starting to have a bit of fun, because he's basically playing real life Grand Theft Auto for bits (laughs) of it. And he's like, Well, I might as well have a blast, you know? Everything's fine. Yeah. So enjoyable. Yeah, I'm still enjoying it. I'm churning through them fairly rapidly. I fly up and down a lot from here to Newcastle, so I've been watching at least one episode on the plane. The plane ride's not long enough to fit two episodes in. Ah, brutal. It would be if you were allowed to watch an episode from the time that you boarded to the time that you got off. Yeah. But because you have to have your laptop or your your tablet turned off (laughs) while you're ascending and descending... You can get one episode in and then you get 10 minutes into the second episode uh, and then the bitch flight stewardess comes up and goes, you need to turn your lap come path. We might as well live and go on flights in a cave. <laughs> <laughs> I've just muted the hashtag indefinitely so yep. that it doesn't show up in my Twitter clients. Oh, man. So out of interest, though, yes. if I was to write a tweet that said, Justin sucks, hashtag Breaking Bad. I would not see You that. wouldn't see it? No. That's a universe of possibilities. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have an incredible couple of weeks. I've been having a bit of fun on Twitter, actually. Mm. In in the same vein as as we celebrated the contribution of Harry Townsend the other day. God uh, of all. Yes. Mm. I've been having a few conversations. The Townsend, I should say. The the Harry Townsend. There's only one. Yeah. Um, what was that Michael Caine movie? No, it was Harry Brown. Never mind. That was about a geriatric <laughs> man who beat the shit out of people. Yeah. Not about a dude who wrote glowing reviews on iTunes. <laughs> Whole different narrative structure. Yes. I wanted to sort of do a bit more level 30 stuff on Twitter. So I've been reaching out and chatting to a few people and especially anybody who hashtags anything with geek. Yep. I've sort of been chiming in going, yeah, totes. Get a iPad. <laughs> it's rocking. <laughs> Geek out. So legit. Uh, But I had a really cool (laughs) Star Wars conversation with uh, a couple of people called Carl and and I think it's Ari or it might be Ari. I'm not sure how you say her name. She'd written this fantastic article about Star Wars and so, you know, obviously caught my attention. Yeah. And what should be done with the next movies and, and how you could make it cool and, and all that sort of stuff. And so Whatever race Jar Jar Binks is, Jedi's. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Gungan Jedis. With your knowledge of the... I'm sorry, I'll let you get back to the thing in a minute. Yeah. But with your knowledge of the expanded universe, yes. can Jawas be Jedis and can Sam people be Jedis? I don't see why not. Yeah. Because the Force flows through everything, right? That's right. So it's just... Let's let's pretend the whole midi-chlorians thing is bullshit. We'll, it's a huge downer. We'll pretend that we're still in machete order. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's no reason... Danny Trejo could definitely be <laughs> a Jedi, I reckon. There's no reason that, that you couldn't have a, a job or, or a, a sand person as a Jedi. Be pretty boss. Think. It would be pretty hardcore. Yeah. Imagine a sand person comes down, it's got a gaffy stick in one hand and a lightsaber in the other and starts going... Ur, ur, ur. <laughs> You would shit yourself. You would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. JJ Abrams. <laughs> <laughs> no, step aside, JJ. It's That'll JT's turn. One million dollars. Yeah. Anyway, so you yeah. were talking about a thing. Oh, I was talking about these cool people on Twitter that just had a like an hour long chat with me the other night about crazy Star Wars stuff and solid sort of match knowledge. And we talked about who the good villains would be and who the cool good guys would be. And I believe they listened to the show and tweeted something along the lines of work colleagues are staring at me, uh, wondering if I'm choking, which was after they listened to the Superman Man of Feels episode. <laughs> so. <laughs> I was pretty happy with that. It's like a force choke gag. Yeah. <laughs> I also had a guy at work listen and tell me that he was on a plane recently and had the option between watching Man of Steel and uh, I can't remember what the other movie was. It's completely inconsequential. Oh, it was World War Z. Yep. Watched World War Z over Man of Steel based purely on our first episode. <laughs> I'm feeling a little bit too powerful at the moment. It's, yeah, a I mean... A little bit too powerful. If we told people to just switch to nuclear, the whole world would be different next week. <laughs> I had a workmate listen to the podcast on the way to work, and by the time she got to work, she was like, it's too weird. I hear you talk all day. It's too <laughs> weird. And I've just... I don't know. I've got to pay that. It's fair. I wouldn't want to listen to me for like 12 hours a day. Nathan said to me, I can't believe I've just spent four hours listening to you guys talk. <laughs> I said, now you know how I feel when I edit an episode because that's about how long it takes to cut up. And I, have I to didn't think <laughs> that when we, when we started this podcast thing, I didn't realise there'd be huge swaths of time where I just listened to us talk like <laughs> over and over again going, oh, should I keep that bit in? Like it's super weird. How especially funny when, am I? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just keep chuckling and then self-consciously being really creeped out by that. It is, it's quite self-indulgent. Yeah, exactly. So but we're going to do more yes, editing. Yes, more. No, less editing. More, so more. I can listen to myself so all the time. listen to it back in full. Eight, 800 uncut minutes of episode 10. Yeah, to celebrate episode 10, it'll be like an episode uh, while we're playing other episodes in the background. So it's like a double <laughs> episode. <laughs> It'll be like when you walk into a bathroom and they've got mirrors on both sides and you get the infinite reflection. Oh, hours of fun. They used yeah. to have one of those in the, was it the entertainment, the entertainment center, center in Broken, in Broken Hill? Hill. And I'd be like, I'm just going to go to the bathroom for one minute, two hours later. <laughs> <laughs> so I can do like, it's like a hundred people going down an escalator. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... <laughs> And I get caught in like a weird loop of like, I want to try and see a different part of my person, but... You want to wave and have the one in the mirror stick its finger back yeah, up and flick exactly. you the bird. And jump through like the fucking candy man. 
Suck but like, you in. You've got to be in between the thing. out of the mirror. And Dark Stefan comes out of the mirror. Oh, sorry, I was so long in the toilet. Oh, man. <laughs> you made it weird. Actually, I don't know. You could be, <laughs> you could be Dark Stefan. It's been 10 years. <laughs> so I'm pretty impressed that we have managed to not say a single word about Thor to each other. We are 25 minutes into this episode, which is remarkable in itself. <laughs> we, we had dinner before this and didn't say... A single word about it. Oh, so we watched it separately. We did. Um, And and first of all, fuck you, because (laughs) you went to see it at iTunes. Every episode with you, man. You went to see it at iTunes. Not iTunes. I went and saw it at iTunes. (laughs) You went and saw it at IMAX. I did. Did you see it in 3D or just just massive? I went to buy the tickets on the Friday. Yep. And it was the viewing I wanted to see was at like 10.30. And then I got there and was like, this is in IMAX. But it's like High Point IMAX, which I don't think is real. I'm, I don't really know. Anyway, I was oh, like... High Point Shopping Centre? Yeah. Let's pretend IMAX. That's exactly. Not, it wasn't kosher. the same. But it had to be 3D. And I was like, I deserve it. I've been working really hard. I'm going to watch it on the IMAX. <laughs> uh, so I went along and I watched it with my eyes. But yeah. I went in and was like, oh, wow, it's IMAX. And then you go there and you're like, it's marginally bigger, <laughs> I suppose. Because <laughs> I remember I, when I, I've been to IMAX in Sydney. I think I've only been once. And the it's IMAX like here at the museum's massive. It's like a city block of yeah. experiences. Yeah. You've just, you've this just was just like, it's like a... Cinema screen with a guy on the end, like pulling out a bit of glad wrap to make it like extra screen. <laughs> I can't believe it's not IMAX. Yeah, and there were like six people in the cinema. Only half the calories of real IMAX. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you go with anyone or did you go by yourself? No. <laughs> just, just took all your friends. Just went as a me. Nice. I dropped Eileen off to work and was like, "Gonna see Thor." Woke up <laughs> the most beautiful day <laughs> that Melbourne has seen. Since, I don't know. Since weather was recorded. Yeah, exactly. And I caught up with my old boss Mm -hmm. for like a coffee first thing in the morning because he sent me a message saying, hey, I'm going to be around the corner. We should have a coffee. And he sent it purely for trolling purposes just so he could pay me out. Like when I read it at 11 and was like, oh, I just woke up. I'm a a jerk. And so I went there just solely to prove him wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But rocked up and was like, oh, I'm really unwashed and freaked out. And he's like, this is an amazing day. I'm going to markets and some kind of amazing beautiful vista outside and like my son and I are going to run through fields or whatever. And what are you like going to do? Loser like, activities. Yeah, I'm going to sit in a cinema by myself. Nice. Uh, and just peripherally be aware that there's sun, but <laughs> it's got nothing to do with me. It's going to have some high def sun on that screen though. Exactly. I'm thinking about the Aporto I have afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> you? So, well, what were your circumstances? Oh, my circumstances. I'm, I, I got to say, I've, I've mentioned my girlfriend a couple of times on this podcast. I think I may be quite lucky to still have her because I've rolled into Newcastle. (laughs) End of sentence. And I've just gone, so here's the plan for the weekend. I need to go and see Thor 2 so that Stefan and I can talk about it on the podcast. It's just business. It's work-related. Yeah. And she's gone, oh, okay, would you like to come with me? And she's gone, without even thinking that it might be a trick question, she's gone, oh, yeah, I'll come to the cinema with you. And I've gone, excellent. (laughs) We're going to go on Sunday evening. But first, on Saturday evening, you're going to need to watch the first Thor movie, which I brought oh. with me. So we watched that. And well, then you I, came packing Thor 1. Yeah. And then I went, oh, by the way, given the time period that it's set in, 
you're also going to need to watch Avengers. <laughs> so, <laughs> Saturday night we watched Thor, the first Thor. Yeah. Sunday afternoon we watched Avengers and then in the car off to the cinema. And yep. Did you leave the cinema and Thor nestle too. into a doghouse or something? <laughs> well, so I think she struggled a bit with Thor 1. Her comment to me was, well, he didn't have his shirt off nearly as much as I thought he was because that, that was the carrot that I dangled. I'm oh, like, yeah. Chris Hemsworth, pretty hot, Yeah, pretty good look. He's much musclier than I am. Going to see some sweet abs. Yeah, and then he's, of course, only got his shirt off for about three minutes in the middle of it. And then he has that wet T-shirt part. So yeah. I think she's a little bit let down by that. Uh, but you know, seemed to enjoy it as a movie. Got quite a few giggles out of The Avengers. Yeah. Which was which is good. It's good news. But I just, when we sat in the cinema to watch The Dark World, I yeah. just sort of cast my eyes over just every couple of minutes to just have a look. And there were bits where she was smiling and sort of, and, and she, oh, I think she really enjoyed it much more than she let on. So, oh, yeah. But uh, she's she's got this friend. Well, uh, I've got her on the phone here. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I tried to get her to, I said to her, look, I really want to record some sound bites of you that we can splice into the podcast. Yeah. She wouldn't be in it. I think I probably ruined that situation when earlier in the weekend we were talking, I was editing another episode and she said, I quite like Ben Affleck. I think he's going to make a great Superman or words to that effect. No, it was, sorry, it was Ben Affleck might work for me as Superman and I ridiculed her so hard and then took a note of it so that I could talk about it on this episode. <laughs> and I think that blew any chance of getting, getting sound bites from her. I think if you had a thing early in the weekend where you're in her field of vision making a note for the express purpose of using it to pay her out on a podcast, yes. you're pretty lucky that you're ever going back at all. <laughs> <laughs> Let alone having someone to buddy up in the old cinema complex. That's right. I, look, I think she, she enjoyed them. I certainly did. Yeah. My biggest letdown, though, was this, the credits started rolling. Mm-hmm. And I was like, here we go. Everybody gets up. Everybody's starting to walk out. And I'm like, look at these suckers. How look many Marvel films look does it need to come out before people figure it out? chumps. And she's going, can we guys sit down? There's a scene coming. <laughs> and then the scene is coming. <laughs> and then the scene comes on All with these the scenes with running. the collector. Oh, did we announce spoilers? You've been listening to us for long enough. Spoilers. Yeah. Uh, the scene <laughs> the comes first on. thing we discussed about this film <laughs> is, is the, the very final scene. Yes. Uh, so the scene comes on with the collector. Yep. And I've just gone, that is awesome. Yeah, ma'am. Got up, walked out immediately oh. as discussed. Read the Wikipedia article straight away, which says, in a mid-credits scene, the collector appears, yada, 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 in a post-credits scene. And I went, what? (laughs) There was two? (laughs) So, for all my paying out of the chumps who got up and left early, I actually got up and left after the mid-credits scene and so have not seen the post-credits scene. And everybody I've been speaking to goes, oh, man. That post-credit scene it reshapes the film so good. Like the story's different That'll now. It'll probably never be released on DVD. Having watched that post-credit scene, I'd say not only is the the movie experience different, but I'm a as a person am different, <laughs> and I always will be better. And yet you're still a bastard. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was sort of taking the piss to have like a pre-credit scene, a mid-credit yeah. scene, an after-credit scene. 
It's um, just rude. I just stuck around out of my aforementioned infinity loneliness. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I got nothing else to do. Like, uh, whatever. And yeah, there were only like four people in the cinema because <laughs> it was like first thing on a Saturday morning. Because yep. I'm efficient in my ridiculousness where I'm like, I get this movie done, got the whole day ahead. Wonderful. Um, Did you go back home and go to bed? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I uh, sat in the... Uh, I want to go into it. Yeah, like the guy in front of me just stayed there and I was like, no, oh, I might as well. Yeah. But the whole time felt ridiculous because I'm like, they're not going to do like double after scene. Uh, but they did. And now you've got the last laugh and I'm sitting here with egg on my face. It was pretty delicious. Yeah. Omelette face. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if we're talking about it, bloody Benicio Del Toro collector. Yes. It's kind of the best thing there is. Yes. In the world. Or the universe, I should say. <laughs> I read an interview with Kevin Feige. Feige? Is that how you say it? Feige? The Marvel dude? Yeah, the Marvel dude. I've only seen it in print. Yeah. Like Adamantium until I was like 17 and that cartoon came out. They were like, <laughs> Adamantium. I'm like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> Where he was talking about Thanos is not going to be the bad guy in Avengers 2. And everybody saw the post credit scene and went, oh my God, that's going to be awesome. And they went, no, nah, he's actually not going to be the bad guy. He's just meant to be the sort of overshadowing yeah. mystery darkness person. And oh. we know that we, I mean, we obviously know that Ultron's going to be the, the bad guy in Avengers 2, but Thanos, not getting a look in. Thanos? Thanos. How do you say it? Uh, I go Thanos, but admittedly, it's just because I, ma- again, made it up when I was 12. Right. I wasn't reading it in a bushel of friends or anything. I just sort of figured out what I wanted to say on my own. Was this a thing? Like I, that was quite well done in terms of Del Toro collector. This was not on my radar yeah. in any way. My understanding was sort of Guardians of the Galaxy was going to bring in all the Thanos stuff. Mm. Um, but the collector thing, I was like, this is amazing. I'm just blown away. Yeah. It's like first class all over again where I'm like, I, ca- I just can't believe that's a thing. That's ridiculous that that appears on a screen. I'm living the dream, man. This is (laughs) cray-cray. So excited. I was talking to Nick the Twin. uh, (laughs) Nick the Twin. Nick the Twin about it. And he pointed out how much he enjoyed that that last scene is just unabashedly in space. Yeah. Like, despite, and I want to talk a bit about the space stuff within the film, Mm. but that scene just tonally just goes, like, they just walk in, it's a dude, he's got clearly two just alien chicks hanging around, and they're just like, we're in space, this is a collector, fucking deal with it, audience, (laughs) or whatever. And I I do quite, I agree, I quite like that. It's quite bold in terms of just saying, space, low what, space. (laughs) I thought overall the film was really cool. Yeah. And super funny. I thought it started a bit slow and there were bits in the middle that from about halfway through, I was like, no, it's not bad. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm kind of enjoying it. And then just when it, just before like the final sort of action super exciting bit, I was like, yeah, I reckon it's pretty good. But by the end, just before the collector came on, I was like, ah, it's a solid like, I don't know, three and a half stars, I suppose. Mm. Like I, I dig it. It didn't change my world or anything, but it's a solid film and just funny. And then the collector came on. I'm like, five, five <laughs> stars. All the stars in the galaxy. Help me, Guardians of the Galaxy, against all the stars I give a film. So what is it? which bits did you like about it? I, liked, I got a whole bunch of shit I didn't like about it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I'm going to... I'm this... 
You're not a fan. This is no. I, I didn't mind the movie as a whole. So I love this whole like surprise review thing. You know how you, you know how you said to me a few weeks ago. I want to record an episode where we have an argument. Yep. This could be that episode. <laughs> I wish I hadn't said that out of context. I just sound like a terrible person. <laughs> I'm going to start an argument with you with a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> what did I like about it? <laughs> well, I killed that. That was good.